Want to be a part of the conversation? Then let us know on the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's news talk, TNT Radio. You're with Brian McLean and Steve Hook and State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, launching into the second hour of State of the Nation. We want to thank you for joining us here. Uh, by the way, we are now on all the big video uh, platforms, live streaming video platforms. So you can find TNT Radio 24-7. That's right. All of our hosts on Rumble, Odyssey, BitChute, YouTube, and more to come. I might have even missed one. Uh, the team is doing an amazing job there. I want to give a big shout out and thank you to our team at today's News Talk. Uh, it's it's at this point, you know, we're a small team considering what we are doing. This is, I said it yesterday, I'll say it again, this is unprecedented in media. So I'd like to thank you for being one of our pilot viewers here at State of the Nation uh, as we unleash the State of the Nation on those live video streaming platforms. So do us a favor and share those out. Go and subscribe on all those. Do the YouTube things, hit the notification bells, all that stuff, uh, because we uh, we are being shadow banned, it appears. So I want to see you get out there and I want to see you share our stuff, download our mobile app, uh, more exciting news to come. We're going to have video archives coming soon. So uh, stay tuned, stay locked and loaded right here at State of the Nation. I'm Brian McLean out of Central Texas. I'm with Steve Hook out of New Jersey. Steve, welcome back to State of the Nation. Yeah, it's good to be back, man. I'm uh, got, We got another big hour to go. So uh, looking yeah. forward to that and uh, looking looking forward to my very expensive uh, Thanksgiving dinner tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, now that you bring up Thanksgiving, I have to bring this up. This is sort of a uh, PSA or maybe, a, I don't know, maybe you'll feel better about this. Uh, your mileage may vary. Uh, forgive the multiple puns as I unleash this headline on you. Industry expert warns Thanksgiving flights could be unsafe as record numbers of travelers prepare for takeoff. So a record setting 30 million Americans are expected to head to the airport this Thanksgiving holiday. And there's an industry expert who's warning uh, <laughs> the deployment of air marshals to the southern border could mean Turkey Day troubles might not be isolated to bad weather. So, um, yeah, this is pretty uh, amazing, Steve. You brought it up in the first hour, but I'm afraid it's even worse than we knew. Um, Sonia Labosco, director of the Air Marshal National Council, told Fox just two days ago, um, quote, we are ushering in illegal immigrants on the border and leaving the traveling public unsafe, end quote. Um, she added, um, telling the viewers that air marshals are being deployed to the U.S. southern border, um, but they're there to hand out water, okay? They're there to do uh, some sort of humanitarian effort, handing out water to illegal aliens that are being ushered into the country. And and the best part, oh, I'm, <laughs> it's hard to even lather the sarcasm onto this. The best part is they're following folks from January 2021, quote, we're either on the border for illegal immigrants or we're following folks from January 2021. We're not doing our regular missions where we're out there looking for the bad guys. So right now on most flights, you're not going to have air marshals. She went on to say, you need to look around to see who, you, who, might, be, who might be able to ask for help <laughs> like a good Samaritan because you're kind of on your own. 
And it's just amazing, Steve. She also went on to say they've been doing this for the last three years. This has been, they they have an operation that they're doing. Uh, I don't recall the name of it. It's like Silent Silent Bad Guy or something stupid like that. Silent Skies, I believe it's called. And they've quite literally not just been following people that were present at the Capitol on J6, but everyone who was flying in and out of D.C., people going to funerals, for example, have been followed around on our tax dollars by so-called law enforcement and why? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think the answer is self-evident, isn't it? Uh, they, they they want to demonize uh, half the population. Um, this is why uh, earlier in uh, the show before State of the Nation, when I did a special edition of the Steve Hook show, we, we discussed some of this and, and they they use... They use the media, the media willing accomplices, very happy to do it. Uh, CNN is referring to a, a, a lawsuit against Elon Musk brought by this fellow that said, uh, Elon Musk slimy. He did nothing of the kind. But what do they do in the CNN article? They immediately say Elon Musk pandering to neo-Nazis. So they're trying to conflate everybody and make everybody uh, uh, that doesn't view the world through their progressive lens. Uh, is now uh, used to be alt-right. Now it's hard-right, neo-Nazi, white supremacist, white patriarchy, whatever. We've discussed it so many times. Um, and it's just ugly, man. It's 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 just, it's it's ugly, ugly, ugly. And the whole thing about the air marshals, by the way, I find also rather hysterical that we were talking about earlier. I read an article where they're saying, if you're getting on a plane, Look for a guy that's a big guy, someone that you think could defend you. And I'm like, <laughs> good Lord, man. I mean, come on, for God's sake. But uh, here yeah. we are, uh, Bidenomics and Biden politics. And just uh, as, as we circle the drain, leaving skid marks all the way down, it's 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 not it's not pretty. Yeah, well, uh, uh, it leaves me speechless to think that our federal tax dollars are going to that like it it, 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 we should already be infuriated that there is a tsa these people have caught no criminals no terrorists they they seem to just want to terrorize um patriots and normal citizens you know people on lists and every normal citizen has to go through their little microwave booth those aren't good for you by the way you might want to consider the enhanced pat down or if you're on lists like one of our next guests dustin stockton guess what you're not even allowed in the airport you won't even be allowed to fly probably uh god forbid you want to leave the country uh because if these people want to target you uh they will absolutely absolutely do it politically all right are you enjoying listening to tnt radio you think we're doing a good job please let us know like i said share those video links and why not leave us a like or a positive review or a comment on facebook gab or gitter be sure and put that video link on those when you do them help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time right here on today's news talk tnt radio Bringing you a worldview. I like to hear what's going on around the world. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. <laughs> I always love these stories. It's like, yeah, we're going to pass this law that makes no sense and is not actionable whatsoever. On Tuesday, New Jersey proclaimed its commitment to zero emission. Can someone define zero emission for me? I would love to see where that exists. Zero emission vehicle standards 
by banning the sale of new gas-powered cars by 2035. Here with the story, joining us once again is TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark. Ruckus, I don't want to buy a Tesla, and I don't think the government uh, or any state government has the uh, right to force me to buy a product. I think that is a textbook definition of the word fascism. How dare you, Hesher? You don't, you don't want to save the planet? I mean, well, you don't get a choice. There's not a choice here, okay? See, that's important to note. This is not about virtue signaling. This is not about you volunteering to save the planet. This is uh, you being forced to live like a slave. But don't worry, uh, Steve Hooks, good old New Jersey, they're leading the way. Way to go, Steve. Uh, can we blame you for this one? <laughs> nope. Nope. Okay. All right. But we can blame the Democratic governor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Phil Murphy, along with Department of Environmental Protection Commissioner Sean Latourette. Maybe we could blame them, but I don't know. At least they were the ones who announced the upcoming December 18th adoption of the Advanced Clean Cars 2 rule. What happened to the first one? It's the first time hearing about it, which will foster, quote, better air quality and cleaner choices for new car buyers while combating the worsening climate crisis. End quote. That's a press release uh, quote that came straight from the governor's office. It also said, quote, New Jersey joins a growing number of states that are requiring vehicle manufacturers to make zero emission vehicles zevs an increasing percentage of their new light duty vehicle sales beginning in model year 2027 ramping up to 100 percent zevs by 2035 end quote the new rule will not put restrictions on used car sales however it does add quote more stringent exhaust emission standards and quote on traditional gasoline and diesel vehicles starting in model year 2027 the rule quote provides time for auto industry transition and continued development of charging infrastructure and a more robust and cleaner electrical grid in new jersey it does not ban gasoline cars nor does it force consumers to buy EVs. Rather, the rule will provide certainty to vehicle manufacturers, suppliers, utilities, and charging infrastructure companies to make the long-term investments that will be crucial to large-scale deployment of light-duty ZEVs and consumer choice." End quote. Very cute that the last word in their statement is choice because it leaves the impression that you had a choice there when you didn't. Uh, Murphy called it a quote-unquote landmark rule that builds upon New Jersey's quote standing as a national leader in climate action and its participation in the global accelerating to zero commitment, end quote. Very American of him. Oh. <laughs> the governor claimed the rule would improve air quality and combat climate change while providing consumers with more Electrical vehicle options. That's right. There's your options. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's not you don't get to choose between a gas car or an electrical vehicle, but there's going to be plenty of options out of the electrical vehicles. One more quote from Mr. Murphy, quote, together with my administration's continuing investments in voluntary electric vehicle incentives, charging infrastructure and the green economy, these new standards will preserve consumer choice and promote affordability for hardworking New Jerseyans across the state, end quote. Right. The uh, the environmental guy, by the way, uh, La Tourette was his name. Uh, he went on a big diatribe 
blaming gas and diesel powered vehicles for the city's poor air quality, of course, to uh, drive the point home, gentlemen. But what do you think about this uh, choice of lack of choice? I Well, listen, as a New Jersey resident, let me tell you this. Let me just make this abundantly clear. Um, Governor Phil Murphy is a horse tooth jackass that could not get elected dog catcher if he ran again this year. He barely got by Jack Chitterelli in the gubernatorial candidate uh, uh, campaign last year. He he, he won by a, a fraction of a fraction uh, and had the GOP uh, and the RNC uh, really got behind Jack Chitterelli. We wouldn't be talking about this right now. I love how the press conference you point out, it says, New Jersey joins a growing list of states. Never mind the fact that every state that he's referring to there is a hard left. You'll have no choice. You'll have nothing and like it state. That's the way he says it. But the way they pose it is that, oh, people are waking up across the nation. Well, that's true. But in New Jersey, we woke up to John, uh, to Phil Murphy a long time ago. Uh, the wind project is a disaster. This is a disaster. Nobody wants these cars, as Hesher points out. They say uh, these light vehicle, zero emission, light lightweight vehicle. What? Uh, they want to make all these uh, trucks, the 18 wheelers, which just the battery alone for one of those trucks that, that, that they haven't been invented yet, but it would weigh over two tons. So it's um, it's nonsense and make no mistake. Phil Murphy is an investor in this uh, in this industry, and that's where his heart lies. He is a greedy SOB and nobody can stand him in this state. Uh, off to you, Hesh. I'm sorry. It yeah. infuriates me. No, it's pretty infuriating. And, uh, you know, if you're one of our southern state viewers, uh, this is a problem for for you, too. This is a problem for all of us. Uh, there is something called the Global Cities Initiative, and it's uh, run here in the United States, I believe, out of the Chicago Council on uh, Mark Anderson would know the words, but I believe it's Chicago Council on Global Initiative, something like that. And we've got mayors and governors in many states. So even if you have a governor that wouldn't be into this, you'll find mayors like the mayor out here in Austin, for example, that bring these initiatives into the city. And they're agreed upon by the Davos crowd, by the globalization crowd. And uh, so, so this is a problem nationwide, just like the Soros-backed DAs, just like the activist judges, uh, the activist cadres of lawyers. Uh, th these people, um, they are globalists. They do global initiatives. And this is what the global march is. It's one into a technocratic authoritarian state that as is full track and trace full full control centralized control digital control of us we will be yeah. slaves if they have their way and a zev a zev is your feet on your yeah. naked or hemp covered body all right that's what a zev is you don't get a car that's a zev you don't get a bicycle or a skateboard that's a zev because those are made of petroleum products and wood products and metal products that require, guess what? More petroleum to harvest the raw materials for and to form into their uh, consumer items. So uh, yeah, this this it's is uh, blaming gas for all this. You, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, <laughs> go listen to Mark Morano. Go listen to Joe Bastardi. Go, go listen to any other show on TNT. This is one thing that pretty much everyone on this network 
agrees upon is that this global carbon race, this existential threat is garbage. It's a psyop and it's a power play. Yeah, it is a psyop and it's it, and it's worked. I mean, it, it, it's it's worked in huge swaths of Europe. I mean, you've got generations in Europe that are willing to destroy classical masterpieces uh, in order to stop the world from burning fossil fuels and uh, and all the rest of it. And here's a little trick for you. Uh, the, the ZVEs or ZEVs, whatever the hell they call them, they're made of petroleum products as well. So it's all a sham. It's all a scam. And if you control, you know, I've always said, if you control somebody's health care, you control them. And if you control somebody's movement and their mobility, you absolutely control them. And that's what this is all about. Hesher, you pointed out a very good point. Uh, and I, Ruckus, I'd wager you feel the same way. Yeah, I mean, it's in the name of this particular initiative. It's kind of obvious if you understand the English language, how much of a scam it is. This is called global accelerating to zero. How do you accelerate to nothing? You don't. That would be called decelerating. Anyways, don't believe me. Look it up. Uh, by the way, this initiative, uh, Mr. Murphy there, the, the governor is so proud to be following. Uh, I guess that makes him a follower uh, because uh, everybody else beat him to the punch. We had California, then Vermont, New York, Washington, Oregon, Massachusetts, Virginia, Rhode Island, Maryland and Connecticut. Where were you, New Jersey? You're late to the party. See, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, right. I think that Murphy just got, you know, he just recently invested, I think. I don't know. Definitely anyway, money probably. and power to be had. All right. Thank you, Ruckus. That's uh, an amazing story in long-term investments in the destruction of your freedom to travel. Right here on State of the Nation at today's News Talk, TNT Radio. TNT Radio's Joe Hoff. Homeland Security was built with an emphasis of protecting this country. What it's turned into under the Obama years is the targets of terrorists coming into the U.S. after 9-11 were switched. The targets now are the good American people. Anybody that's God-loving or if you go to a school board, and you happen to say, hey, I don't want my kids being pushed pornography in the school. This stuff's being pushed on our children and people that went to these school boards and said something, they're being targeted by this government, this Obama, the Biden government. Same with the Catholic Church. People that have gone to these uh, abortion clinics and prayed, they have been targeted. One individual uh, had a, a large family one morning on a Saturday morning. They attacked his house. Uh, the FBI and police scammed and knocked down his door, parted him away, and his, his crime was that he was praying at abortion clinics, basically. That's who's being targeted by this Biden-Obama regime. Joe Hoft on TNT Radio. When you can point me to an industry, to a platform that reaches 250 million people a month, virtually nine out of 10 Americans, that's real, that's substantive, that's important. And that reach and that touch point and that daily reinforcement, it's an amazing place to be able to communicate messages. That's massive. To find out more, go to TNTradio.live. Internet. Internet. A stream online. TNTradio.live. Today's News Talk Radio. TNT. All right. Welcome back to State of the Nation with uh, Steve Hook and my man, Brian Hesher McLean. We're very happy to welcome our next guest. Our next guest is a guy that I met at CPAC several years ago, and uh, we bonded over some fine Kentucky single malt whiskey. Uh, for my money, the most patriotic of all the whiskeys. 
Uh, and uh, and he's also a contributing editor of the American Spectator, publisher of the Hayride. If you live in the Pelican State, you know all about Hayride. It is a uh, a political uh, a political uh, sheet there that you can uh, check. And he founded it. And he's also a published author. Uh, his latest book is called Racism, Revenge, and Ruin. It's all Obama. Scott McKay, welcome to the show, my friend. It's so great to see you again. How are you? Stephen, it's a pleasure. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Thank you. Happy you too. I want to. Yeah, it's coming up, man. I want to touch on something. Um, Scott, I was reading the review for the book and I've read little snippets of it. I've got to get a copy. I, we talked about it last night. I'm going to. But I must say the review that Jack Cashill gave your book on the American Spectator. It's not just a review of the book. It's frankly, it's a review review of you. Uh, and and it's 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 very good. Uh, let me just read a little bit here so you guys can get the the tenor here. Uh, Obama McKay writes boldly is an anti-American and a racist. His intention was never to heal us. It was to drive a wedge through our traditional heart and use the destruction to usher in an American an America unrecognizable. Fifteen years later, if that was truly his intention, his presidency was a roaring success. Boldness is one of McKay's strengths as an investigative journalist. For me, a litmus test of that virtue is whether the author acknowledges the collaboration between Bill Ayers and Barack Obama on Obama's famed memoir, Dreams from My Father. McKay does. When I first unearthed this, uh, uh, this obvious connection in September 2008, ev uh, even conservative publications ran from it. Uh, the fear of being called a racist intimidated the right into silence. That silence on a range of issues cost the GOP in 2008 and 2012 election as well. McKay, whom I do not know, is a man after my own heart. He goes after he goes where others fear to tread and he goes on. Scott, I mean, you've won over Jack with that review and you come at it from a point of. All of this is Obama's uh, started under Obama's watch uh, as far as what we're seeing now. Are we witnessing Obama's third term right now? Well, you could even make the argument. Um, and I, I'd like to, although I don't want to irritate uh, the people that uh, would, would most vehemently disagree, I could, I could make the argument that this is actually Obama's fourth term rather than the third term, because during the Trump years, you had a deep state that was busy sabotaging pretty much everything that the president did. And we spent half his first or half of his term with the Mueller investigation based on a, a hoax, which was the, the Trump Russia thing. And then, of course, you know, they went out with a bang with the 51 intelligence community spooks um, who alleged that the Hunter Biden laptop story was, uh, you know, Russian disinformation and backed that with the imprimatur of the intelligence community to give it credibility that it never would have otherwise had. So, you know, and, you know, is this the the uh, the third term of Obama, the 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 Biden administration. I mean, there are so many circumstantial points that basically prove that, that, you know, I mean, you don't even need a smoking gun. I mean, if there was a smoking gun, it was maybe a year or so ago when Barack Obama showed back up at the White House uh, and was treated as a conquering hero, right? I mean, and the video is 
is actually hilarious. Here's Joe Biden running around the uh, the the room, and uh, nobody will even talk to him. Well, you know, they're all mobbing Obama, and he can't get a conversation going with anybody. And so, um, you know, the the Biden administration shot through with Obama insiders, uh, the people that are making all the decisions in the administration, are people that. You know, directly came up with Obama and all of the policies and actions of the Biden administration are things that have been metastasized, you know, from something that happened when Obama was president. Um, and so, you know, in any way that you want to outline that has any substance to it, it's absolutely the Obama redux administration. Um, you know, and, and it has all the same character that uh, the Obama years had, um, you know, complete with pronounced American decline, complete with, uh, you know, economic uh, stratification, whereby institutional capital and and corporate uh, players have kind of taken away the market share and economic power that small and mid-sized companies used to have. Uh, You know, you've got a, a, a political ruling class that no longer tries to persuade the American people of um, the, the the goodness of their cause, but instead is trying to intimidate and dominate the discussion, uh, the corruption of the media, the corruption of cultural institutions. I mean, I could go on, um, you know, and then other things like the war on faith, the war on cops, uh, the never ending provocations on racial issues. Yeah, it's all there and nothing much has changed uh, from, you know, the years 20, 2009 to 2016, to what we see over the last three years. We had a, a slight respite when Trump was in office. And yet, you know, Biden was able to run for president on the promise that he was going to bring things back to normal, you know, to yeah. which the, the, the question is, what is normal? Because they're they're trying to make this, this reality that nobody is satisfied with. The last time I looked at the, the right track, long track, numbers, it was 25 up and 66 down. Nobody's satisfied with this, but we're supposed to believe that this is the new normal in America. It's all Obama. This None of this is organic. None of this is was put in place to, uh, uh, or, or, you know, happened over the course of, of an evolution of society. I mean, this was, this was contrived and executed by a political elite led by this guy from Chicago who never had a real job. Right, right. And, you know, we've we've been discussing the deep state a bit today and actually over the last couple of weeks, you know, we we talked with uh, Janice McAfee uh, and played a clip from John McAfee uh, giving his estimation of what the deep state is. And and he speak he spoke to um, all of the unelected people that actually create, you know, the bulk of the swamp there, all the lobbyists, all the policymakers, all these, you know, three-letter agencies and such. What do you think about um, how long this has been here? I mean, because today is the 60th anniversary of uh, the assassination of JFK. When I look back, I look at, you know, the, the Act of 1870, the creation of the Fed in 1913, JFK's assassination, 9-11, and now the year 2020 and all that it held as sort of right. the, the, the planting of the flag by this, this deep state globalist associated cabal. And, and where does Barack live in that? Is he just a figurehead or, or I mean, obviously he has political power. Well, I, I think he's more than a figurehead. I don't know that I would call him a chief executive. What I will say is, 
Uh, he's the first ex-president in American history to choose to live in Washington, D.C. after he left office. And that is not, you know, that's not just a factoid. That's not just a, a sort of a, a symbolic thing. I mean, his mansion in Calorama is the destination of limousines, <laughs> you know, a procession of which show up people coming to see him. And, uh, you know, there's no question that from the standpoint of who's running the White House, he exerts an influence over the current occupant that has never been seen before in American history. And so by that, I don't think we can necessarily call him a figurehead. Obama's management style, even as president, was not particularly activist. You know, I think his, if I'm going to say his genius, because I, I don't want to give him that much credit, but, you know, what what his MO was is, you know, he surrounded himself with fellow radical revolutionary types who, you know, could name that tune on very few notes, right? Like these are all people that were indoctrinated into the same sort of neo-Marxist, neo-communist mentality uh, that uh, that Obama had, you know, whether it was in elite institutions or whether it was in some of these, you know, uh, hard, hard left nonprofit entities, uh, these community organizing groups, whether it was ACORN or some of these other things, you know, they all had a similar background and they all had a very similar worldview. And so there probably wasn't all that much uh, negotiation or argument over, you know, what they were trying to accomplish. Um, the left in this country has been writing this playbook for decades. And so, you know, it really is sort of a machine, this Obamunist faction that took over the Democratic Party and now <laughs> dominates American politics. Obamunist, um, I love it. Uh, I like we're that, talking to yeah. Scott. We're, we're talking to Scott McKay. The book is uh, Racism, Revenge and Ruin. It's all Obama. Scott, uh, do us a favor. Hang in one second. We're going to take a real quick headline. And when we come back, I want to follow up on exactly what you were just touching on. He, he surrounds himself with like-minded Marxist, globalist, if you will, Marxist for sure, but that had a genesis. And when we get back, let's talk about the genesis of Obama's Obamianism, as you so succinctly put it, right after this headline on TNT Radio. Newsflash! Now, let's go! TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. A car today exploded at a toll checkpoint on Rainbow Bridge at Niagara Falls, resulting in the death of the two occupants in the vehicle. According to Fox News, citing law enforcement sources, the explosion was part of a planned larger attack, which is now under investigation by the FBI Terrorism Task Force. Israeli officials voted on Wednesday morning local time to approve a deal in which dozens of hostages kidnapped by Hamas will be let go, in exchange for Israel releasing some Palestinian women and minors convicted of crimes from prisons inside Israel. The common housefly, caught in the clutches of the spider's web. Every move it makes just makes matters worse. Then, dinner time. Feast on the captivating stories, videos, and helpful information on our website. Whoa. Dinner's ready. Oh, man. Escape is futile. Just one more video. Get stuck in our web. TNT Radio. Dot live. All right, welcome back to State of the Nation. Our guest is Scott McKay. His uh, latest book is Racism, Revenge, and Ruin. It's all Obama. Scott, um, before before we took a headline break there, you were talking about how 
Barry uh, has kind of surrounded himself his entire career, his college career, even earlier, really, but with like-minded fellow travelers, true believers, if you will. Um, And he's done that. He did that uh, throughout his college career. He did it uh, as as he was a community organizer, a.k.a. rabble rouser uh, with ACORN. Uh, and he even started his entire political career in the living room of of of, of heirs, as you mentioned. Why don't you talk right. about some of the earlier influences? Frank Marshall Davis comes to mind. Yeah. Donald Young. Tell us, t- tell us where Obama got uh, his ideology. Well, you know, in the book we talk a lot about Frank Marshall Davis um, because that's a name that really most Americans are not familiar with. They don't understand the influence that uh, that Davis had on Obama. The fact of the matter is Frank Marshall Davis was Barack Obama's intellectual and ideological father, if not his biological father. Um, you know, the mythology of, of this guy was established in Dreams from My Father, which as, as Cashel, I think, proved was ghostwritten by Bill Ayers. Um, and even in the in that book, Frank Marshall Davis was mentioned 22 times, at least in the print version it was. In the audio version that was released later when Barack Obama became a, a political figure and was beginning to, to prepare a run for president, uh, all of those references were scrubbed, okay? Uh, but Davis, who was, if you don't know who he is, he was a, a card-carrying member of Communist Party USA. He was the editor of a communist newspaper in Chicago, and the FBI essentially ran him out of Chicago. He ended up in Honolulu uh, as a columnist for the communist newspaper there. Um, and so he was a, a, a figure that uh, was very much on the fringes of American society and a guy who, uh, you know, was a Stalinist and had written virulent anti-American columns criticizing every aspect of our society. Um, and they brought the, they brought little Barack Obama around to see this guy basically from the time he was 10 to the time that he left uh, Hawaii to go to college. Um, and I, I think it's clear that Davis had a very profound influence on Barack Obama's worldview and, and ideological development. So by the time he gets to Occidental College, you know, he's a full-blown Marxist. Um, you know, then he goes to Columbia. Uh, and he b- gets immersed in sort of the Alinskyite community organizing uh, movement of the democratic socialists of America. And that just kind of set him on the path that he ultimately followed. You know, this was somebody who, you know, began as a Marxist Leninist, you know, communist revolutionary and then kind of translated himself into a socialist community organizer. And then he immersed himself in Chicago politics. And so you got the corruption, you got the revolutionary uh, aspect of politics. You've got, you know, the, the, the disdain for the, the give and take of, uh, of uh, you know, American politics as practiced. And instead, rather than persuading people, this is now about, you know, we're going to get more of our people to the polls than the other side. And so you want to turn elections into ballot harvesting con- uh, contests. And thus, in so doing, you corrupt the democratic process. Every time one of these these sort of Obama acolytes goes off on Twitter or anywhere else talking about our democracy, what they're talking about is that construct, which is harvesting more ballots than the other side. 
Um, yeah. And that's why they're, you know, they're so completely vitriolic about any kind of, you know, what they call MAGA extremism. It's because that's a threat to that model of democracy. Republicans are supposed to be the Washington generals in this in this country. You're supposed to like lose to the globetrotters every game. Uh, and if they deign to try to win, then there's something, you know, that's to our democracy. That's all that's all an Obama uh, uh, you know reality made good. And you know it's it's something that they can't really afford to have threatened because it's it's a house of cards and Trump proved that in 2016. Uh, and then, of course, you saw the vitriolic reaction to that. This is, you know, this is all of a piece with the fact that this guy marinated in hardcore anti-American communism and leftism his entire formative years and really never left that. You know, they sold him as a racial healer and a centrist. Um, but that was the biggest bait and switch in American political history. And it was and it was, you know, intentionally done by people that knew exactly who he was. Um, and of course, you know, the public wasn't really allowed to vet that in any kind of serious way. And you saw all that with the Jeremiah Wright fiasco, uh, where, you know, all he had, he just, he just outright repudiated the guy the first time there was any pressure put on. And the media let the yeah. whole thing drop. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course they did. Uh, uh, Scott, we're just about out of time here. I want to shout out again the name of your new book, Racism, Revenge, and Ruin. It's all Obama. This is a great one to have on the coffee table during the holiday season. It will spark a lot of conversation. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's bring politics and religion back to holidays. Screw it. Let's do it. I think it's a great idea. I'm tired of these old rules where we can't do that. We've been nice about these things for too long. And Scott, if there's one thing I've learned about rules for radicals and the, the you know, the scripts that these people operate on, there are no rules for these radicals when it comes That's to right. the type of people that we're talking about. And this is not a country of no rules. It needs to be addressed. Thank you for your work. Can't wait to read the book and looking forward to having you back here on State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malzberg. Another presidential poll and more bad news for President Joe Biden. This NBC News poll was uh, talked about Sunday on Meet the Press by host Kristen Welker and NBC political guy Steve Kornacki. President Biden, what is his job approval rating? We measure it now at 40% with 57% disapproving the significance. That is the lowest President Biden has ever measured in our poll in terms of job approval. And just look at the sea change from the start of this year. Remember, early this year, Democrats coming off a strong 2022 midterm. He was almost even. Now he's 17 points underwater on this quest. Significant dip there, Steve. Those numbers include 63% of independents who disapprove and 21% of Democrats. Now, on the matchup with Donald Trump, if we are heading towards Trump, Biden, a rematch in 2024. How does that look in our polling right now? Here it is. Donald Trump, we have at 46%. Biden, 44. And this is significant because this is the first time in the history of our poll that former President Trump beats President Biden still within the margin of error. And it was about a week ago that Joe Biden claimed there were eight polls that showed he was in the lead. I haven't seen one. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Make sure to uh, tune into my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on TNT. I'm Naheem Hines, professional football player. 
and proud supporter of the Muscular Dystrophy Association. My mom was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy when I was 14, and I watched her struggle. But MDA helped her get the best treatments and care, and they also help kids like my buddy Ethan. My name is Ethan, and I'm 12 years old. Thanks to the Muscular Dystrophy Association and people like you, I have more hope than ever before. From day one, they've treated me like family at my local care center. MDA is the only one that funds over 150 care centers across the U.S. to help provide state-of-the-art care for adults and kids like me. For over 70 years, MDA has been transforming the lives of people living with muscular dystrophy, ALS, and other related neuromuscular diseases. They fund the research for breakthrough treatments, care, and cures. And MDA provides support to thousands of families like mine and Ethan's in communities like yours. Thanks to MDA, kids and adults can live life to its fullest. Join us and learn more at mda.org today. You're with Brian McLean and Steve Hook and State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, State of the Nation. Here we go. Final segment. I'm Brian McLean here with Steve Hook. Our next guest is joining us now. We're going to get the latest on Capitol Hill. Uh, Want to get his impression of some of the latest J6 stuff that's come out. I want to talk about citizen cancellation a little bit. I was listening to a Twitter space, an X space, with our next guest earlier today. Uh, they were talking about this in the spaces. And uh, Dustin Stockton joins us now from americamission.com, uh, at Dustin Stockton on X. Dustin, welcome to State of the Nation. Uh, I was listening to the space today, and uh, I like the title, the tentative title that you gave it in the early segment there, The Plot to Control Everything. I think that might be a good place to start today. What do you mean by that? Well, it is The Plot to Control Everything. And happy Thanksgiving, Pre, to uh, both of you guys. Thanks for having yes. me. Always a, always a pleasure to be here. And boy, has it been a wild couple of weeks. Um, so for us, deposing Kevin McCarthy... I, I've been swinging against Mike Johnson, right? And we've had dozens of members of Congress like come through and be in the spaces. So to get the release of the J6 tapes is everything to us. Um, but the plot to control everything is around central bank digital currencies. The Department of Justice leveled a $4.3 billion fine against Binance, as Janet Yellen called it, Binance, as the rest of humanity calls it. Um, and really, it's about forcing us onto their chosen platforms, which in America is FTX. It was Gemini. So, like, right, to, to hear them smugly congratulating themselves about, oh, don't worry, Big Daddy government is here to keep you safe from the big bad Binance Meanwhile, they were pushing people to use FTX and Gemini. And if you had your money on either of those exchanges, it's out. This is all part of the broader agenda to issue us into what I call the unholy trinity of tyranny, central bank digital currency, social credit score, and digital ID. It makes tyrants like Nikki Haley have wet dreams and salivate. The idea of being able to control every way you speak every way you transact and every human interaction you have digitally and otherwise every transfer of anything of value whether liquid or illiquid they want control of all of it and we're here to fight it i'll tell you what it's it's scary it's it's such a scary thought dustin thank you for being with us uh, i can add a, a a fourth a fourth branch there to your trifecta 
transportation. We were talking about it earlier today. I live in the state of New Jersey. They have now said that by the year 2032, every car that is sold in the state of New Jersey must be zero emission electric. So not only do they want to control our currency, not only do they want to have a social credit score, all of the CCP, they also want to make damn sure that we can't drive very far. They want to, it really is the control of everything, huh? Yeah, no, so so to, to that point, the the way I see them implementing it, like right, the 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 most immediate ways, they always use these existential crises that are invisible in order to like create the fear to justify whatever their authoritarianism is. And what I tell people, like one of the, the first examples I give people of the way CBDCs can be used to abuse freedom is exactly what you do. So we've all heard about the 15-minute cities, right? Where they want to keep you within 15 minutes of wherever you live, stack us up like rats. Well, I I often wondered how they'd implement that. And then I read the Bank of International Settlements strategy paper on central bank digital currencies. And it'll go like this. They will program our money so that if you go outside your 15 minutes, you pay an increasingly high amount of tax. So, right, if you're within your 15-minute city, you pay normal price. If you're 50 miles outside, you pay an extra 5%. If you're 1,000 miles, you pay double or triple or whatever. And the, the, the design here isn't about saving the climate or saving humanity. It's they want all the best places in this world to themselves. They're, they're tired of me looking, making them look bad on the beach with their wives because their wives are go- ogling me, right? They, they, they want the beaches to themselves. They want the, the, the beautiful places in this world to themselves. And for us plebes to live stacked like rats and under their complete and total thumb. It's disgusting. But it really is a plot to control everything. And the other big thing that we've seen in the news that frankly has me really excited, have you guys seen what's happening with Media Matters? It's a beautiful oh, yeah. media matters. Yeah, they're suing Ooh. Elon, right? Well, so e- Elon's suing them. They put out right, an right. article like smashing him, but it's not just that. So Ken Paxton, the attorney general of Texas, has opened a criminal investigation yeah. into media matters. But even more exciting for me, Attorney General Andrew Bailey in Missouri has also opened a criminal investigation. And here's here's the thing about this. Media Matters is a central hub because of David Brock, right, in the censorship industrial complex, right? He David Brock put out a memo after 2016 about how they had to control the flow of information on social media to prevent something like Donald Trump beating Hillary Clinton from ever happening again, right? <laughs> and, and, and he laid out, like, the creation of these NGOs and these fact-checker organizations and Media Matters is a central hub in that. Attorney General Andrew Bailey is the lead litigator for the plaintiffs in Missouri v. Biden. And if you're, if, if you're not familiar with the case in Missouri v. Biden, like for people listening, Missouri v. Biden, the judge ruled that it was the most egregious abuse of the First Amendment that has ever happened in history. And this is the creation of the censorship industrial complex so that we have two criminal investigations right into media matters and the censorship industrial complex in the lead up to the election. Right. So we're we're seeing we we saw one thing happen. It had me like pretty discouraged. Right. Which is we had the FCC come out with a ruling. Right. 
to try to take control of the internet. Biden put an executive order about like censoring and controlling the internet. But now what we're saying is a whole host of attorney generals, organizations, Tim Pool, Rumble, Elon, right? Pushing back in a legal way against their anticipated censorship. And to me, that's got me incredibly enthusiastic about our prospects in 2024. I yeah, got to tell absolutely. you, Dustin, I was, I was, I was earlier today, I was talking to uh, Gerard Valetti, who of course is a senior counsel at the Lawfare Project. And we were talking about this Media Matters. I think Mediaite is in this too. A couple of different players, but Media Matters for America, David Brock, scumbag that he is, uh, of course, heads all that up as you, as you, as you rightly mentioned. And I mentioned to Gerard, I said, you know what would be the biggest kick in the ass? It would be so wonderful if Elon Musk decided, I think I'm going to buy Media Matters for America. <laughs> Could you imagine if, if he just went in there and said, hey, here's your fiduciary responsibility. I don't think it's going to happen because it's a 501c3. I don't know how the hell they get away with that. If we had an honest Department of Justice and an honest IRS, they would look at Media Matters for America and David Brock under a microscope and say, you don't even need a microscope. Hell, you could be, you know, it doesn't take much investigating to see that this guy, there's nothing nonpartisan about them. But oh, I'd love not, to see on it. Oh, and they brag about it. But the thing is, Elon doesn't have to buy it, right? Just the advertiser, the damages of, of their story and the, the fact, I, I feel that they were ready for it. Uh, because they had the logs ready to go about how they manipulated to create the sense that this extremist content was being placed next to advertisements by Apple and Oracle and the, I don't know, New York Rangers and Pittsburgh Steelers and stuff. But the fact that they were ready with the logs within hours of that story comes out, tell and that we had these attorney generals and we have the true social lawsuit against media and up 20 other companies, right? We are seeing a pushback against this kind of censorship that was bragged about in the Molly Ball Time Magazine article about the shadow campaign to fortify the election, right? Where big <laughs> tech colluded with NGOs, colluded with government officials in order to suppress the Hunter Biden laptop story, true information about COVID, on and on and on, right? That was the huge part of how they stole the election to uh, install this senile, incestuous pedophile into the White House. And so the fact that we're ready for it this time, that we're not getting fat, caught flat-footed, right, on all their shenanigans, leaves me very, very encouraged that we're going to be able to get our country back. I love it. Yeah, I love it. There's a lot of good things going on. Um, at Dustin Stockton on X, that's where you follow. If you hit the notification thing over there, you'll get notified throughout the week as he brings up some of these um, Twitter spaces that are are very effective. They're very effective. He's getting uh, Congress people, DAs, uh, senators, even. I mean, it's crazy um, the amount of voices that that the platform and you on the platform bring are quite staggering. So I highly recommend getting over there, getting involved. Um, also, uh, you know, you're, you're involved in so many things, Dustin, I want to uh, make sure people know about 
um, your activities with um, your version of CBDC real quick. So if you could just touch on that, tease it, get it so people want to go check it out. But then we, we want to close with your thoughts on the new J6 uh, videos in the next four minutes here. Well, for sure, I'll be quick. So CBDC is our civic engagement token, right? It's a cryptocurrency that allows us to incentivize people making phone calls to their congressmen and centers. And it was a big part of the speaker's race. We made more than 350,000 individual contacts with members of Congress, um, encouraging them to depose Kevin McCarthy, right? It's why we have senators and members of Congress regularly coming to, into our spaces. And as I'm saying, we can't have accountability without accessibility. And so like this allows us to incentivize people getting involved. It's CBDC, right? Dollar sign CBDC is the ticker. Uh, follow me on Twitter. You'll be able to find it. You'll, you'll eventually hear about it everywhere because we have some huge partnerships coming up. But it's allowed us to step up like our political activism game, most specifically to get the January 6th tapes released. And so, right, we had Matt Gates like during the speaker fight um, before he made the motion to vacate all the way through until we got Speaker Johnson in there. And Every time he came up, my fiance Jennifer, right, would ask him and the dozen other members of Congress who came, will he, right, will you promise to get the January 6th tapes? And what Matt Gates told us is that that was the single defining issue. If Kevin McCarthy had lived up to his word on just that individual issue, he would not have been deposed. He'd still be the Speaker of the House. Why is it so important? Well, we're already starting to see it. So since, since Speaker Johnson started to release the tapes, we've got news articles in TMZ, right? This, this is not like right-wing media that's now covering yeah. this story. And what they're seeing in the tapes is not a bloody insurrection and the worst and gravest attack on our nation since 9-11 in Pearl Harbor and all of the crazy, over-the-top dramatization, right, that was pushed in the media narrative, what they're seeing is, right, the ways in which the police and Capitol Hill staff encouraged, helped people to get inside and move around, and how cordial that was. This, this was not people fighting for their lives over every inch over the Capitol, right? You see cops taking selfies, right? We've got cops fist bumping and patting people on the back, basically providing tours to the people who were inside and it's also had a major impact on behalf of some of the guys who are on trial right so some of the oath keepers uh one of the officers blatantly lied about his interactions inside the capitol well now we've got the tapes that show what he testified to what he perjured himself at trial didn't actually happen and as this tape continues to come out i've been encouraging people to, to look for a couple things Look where the media equipment was as it relates to what happened inside, especially around the most dramatic moments that got played over and over and over again by the J6 committee and the media. And what if you track the media equipment, that's, it, it, it's going to tell a completely different story about who set it up, why, and what they were hoping to get out of it. We got 30 seconds left. Anything else you want people to look for before we got to let you go? Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Listen, America, we are on the rise back. We are going to beat back the tyrants. 
We're going to reclaim our country and we're going to make things good again. Right? Like, yes. everybody's got to get involved. We all got to fight. Find us at American Mission. Find me on, get in the Twitter spaces, get involved, and go to your local party and get involved. Like, we're taking over county parties all over the country. Expand your network. Get the job done. Let's go, baby. All right. Yeah, this is State of the Nation on today's News Talk. Stay tuned.